Packers game day continues. In that situation, again, you know, the, the great teams uh, can finish off opponents in that situation. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. As long as we take it one game at a time, don't let nothing get ahead of us. Uh, you know, stuff like that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to handle itself. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. They can't just limit us. They can't say, hey, it's two running backs in there. They All they're going to do is run the ball. You never know what we're going to do now. So I feel like it's just giving us more and more weapons. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Well, the Green Bay Packers are one win away from Super Bowl 55. It's no longer a journey. It's an expectation. Welcome into Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. At Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, replace now and get three years of no interest, plus five months, no first payment, only through January 31st. For details, visit PellaWI.com. 32-18, the final. The Packers advance to the NFC Championship game with a convincing win over the Los Angeles Rams. My name is Greg Matzik. We'll take your calls until 9 o'clock on the Packers Radio Network at 855-616-1620. Joining us right now from Lambeau Field, the man with the call of today's game, voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey. It looked like a beautiful day for football, Wayne. Not a lot of wind, a little bit of snow flying, what you'd hope for and maybe expect in January. What a dominant effort in the trenches by the Green Bay Packers, throttling that Rams' number one ranked defense. Yeah, you know, I mean, it certainly helped that Aaron Donald wasn't 100%, but nonetheless, I thought the Packers really controlled the line of scrimmage. Early on, Larry McCarron mentioned it early in the ball game, and it, it held up pretty much uh, straight through, you know. And, and so, um, you know, I, hey, listen, uh, give the Packers a lot of credit. You, that Rams defense is legit good, and that's the best defense we're going to see, okay? Between now and through the Super Bowl, we're not going to see a better defense than that, and the Packers' offense can play. And by the way, um, you know, Devontae, had a good game, but not a monster game. He didn't have 146 yards and three touchdowns. He had under 100 yards and uh, one touchdown, and yet the Packers have other playmakers. You know, it goes back to the draft, and everybody's screaming and yelling about the Packers. They didn't take a wide receiver, and how could they not do that? Well, the Packers seem to know what they had in-house, and what they had in-house is plenty good enough to get them to the NFC Championship game and hopefully beyond. You know, to your point, Wayne, Devontae received the first target from Aaron Rodgers in eight yard reception but also on that first round drive mvs had a reception eq had a 27 yarder on a free play multiple guys were getting involved it wasn't just the hey we're going to go after our best guy and just see what happens here i think aaron showed early on that all right we can spread the ball around yeah good luck who are you going to cover fine take Devontae away best of luck with that there are plenty of other options yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's a difference in this year's team as compared to last year, Greg. Um, I, I think this year's team in, in some ways is better than last team last year's team defensively. In some ways, they're not quite as good as last year's team was. But I, I think overall, where the Packers are better this year is on the offensive side of the football. And not only the performance of the quarterback, but also the people around him are better than they were a year ago. And that's an extra year in the system, et cetera, and all that stuff. But um, they are better, and, and they are more equipped uh, to handle um, you know this trip to the NFC Championship this year. Um, you know, there's something about this team, and, and I, I really believe they have a chance. And I didn't say I've said this all week um, uh, since they wrapped up the number one seed. I, I felt like there's something brewing with this team. I didn't say that about last year's team. I certainly didn't say that about that uh, 2016 team that Aaron uh, Rodgers, with a heroic performance, dragged to the NFC Championship game. Um, you know, but this team for the 
first time since 2014, I think this team has, in, in this day and age, a legit chance to go all the way. You know, I understand the Rams' offense wasn't 100% tonight, Wayne. When you're missing your top receiver, that's, that's a big miss for uh, a Rams' offense that has been struggling of late to score points. But I also felt, going into this game, the Packers' defense was being overlooked. I get the juicy storyline of number 1D versus number 1O, but the Packers' defense at home allowing fewer than 20 points a game, and it was 18 today. So the Packers' defense, I thought, was overlooked going into this matchup. Um, the reason that, that everybody talked about getting the home court, home field advantage, home court, I'm thinking basketball now, home field advantage was so important this year for the Packers was, yeah, I mean, the weather would be nice, and it's always nice to play at home. But the fact is, the Packers' defense at home, Greg, is much better than it is on the road. I think they gave up over 30 points a game, uh, in a game on the road four times this year. They never gave up 30 points in a game at home this year. They haven't given up 30 points in a game at home since, I believe, the fourth week of last year when Philadelphia Philadelphia came in and got into a shootout with Aaron Rodgers and um, uh, Carson Wentz, and, and Philadelphia put 30-some points on the board against them. But that's the last time the Packers have given up 30 points in a home game. So uh, I think that was why, that, that more than anything else is why the Packers wanted home field advantage. They just play better at home. Their defense is better at home. Their offense can travel. There's no question in my mind about that. But the defense is better at home, and statistically, uh, that bears out. Just getting started here on Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Would love to have you join the program at 855-616-1620. the final. We are back right after this. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Jamal to the right side of the quarterback in the shotgun. Devontae goes in motion to the right. Quick toss. Devontae's got it. End zone. Touchdown. And the Rams got crossed up on the motion prior to the snap. And Jalen Ramsey is incensed in the right corner of the end zone. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. First touchdown of the game, Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. Nine receptions, 66 yards, and that touchdown for Adams. He was not shadowed all day by Jalen Ramsey. But, Wayne, that particular play was very interesting because it looked like the Rams were in a zone coverage with Ramsey playing a man principal on Devontae Adams right at the goal line. And then the double motion, it basically became a foot race and very quick hands and feet from Aaron Rodgers. And uh, Adams was free in the end zone for the first score of the game. What a brilliant play design and execution. Yeah, I think Ramsey actually got picked off by one of his own men out there. I think the safety was uh, in in the middle of all that somehow, and Ramsey was just all upset with his uh, teammate more than anything else. I think that you know he wasn't able to get to Devontae. And you know, hey, listen, I, I know the Packers put up big numbers. They put up 32 points, over 400 yards of offense, and all that. But if you watch this game, it wasn't easy. It was it was tough. And and this is a legit Rams defense. But that goes that speaks to what the Packers have offensively, Greg. This is a special special group. It really is. And and I know fans are just starting to learn the names now. Lazard and, and Aaron Jones out there. He's been there for a while. But, um, you know, uh, MVS and, and these people are just starting to, to, to realize who the Packers have. And these guys are good. And, uh, you know, Brian Gutekun said that after the first couple of receivers came off the draft board last April, we didn't think there was anybody um, on that draft board that could really make an impact on our team. And so he didn't pick a wide receiver. And uh, you know what? He knew exactly 
exactly what he was talking about. You know, Kudos it, to the uh, people in, in that front office. There's an element of clutch to this game, too, Wayne. It's one thing to get out to a, a nice lead and feel comfortable and then explode in the third quarter with a 60-yard run and boom, you're in the end zone and things are looking comfortable. But to be able to perform in the clutch, when the Rams make it a one-score game and you're going into the fourth quarter, Aaron Rodgers dials up Alan Lazard on a deep ball. The deep ball was there for the Packers today, just a missed throw and a drop here. And, and those opportunities, just they were lost opportunities. But they connected when it counted. And then the defense in the fourth quarter against the Rams, two sacks, three net loss plays for offense mm-hmm. for the Rams. Like the, the clutch performing, I thought, was outstanding. And it makes the final score look uh, pretty lopsided, even though it was tight at the end of three. Yeah, it did get tight. Uh, but, you know, it's funny because uh, the Packers appeared to be on. They, they, didn't you feel like through the first half and maybe even into the third quarter, the Packers are about to blow this team off the yeah. field? I mean, it's about to be over. And and then, you know, the Rams, the missed extra point and the missed two-point conversion, all these little things. The Rams put together a little touchdown drive, and all of a sudden it's a one-score game. You're sitting there saying, whoa, whoa, whoa what, what happened to the blowout? And, Greg, you're, you're so right. Um, we we have seen it, especially with this defense, um, on numerous occasions. Go back to New Orleans, the third week of the season, when the defense, uh, struggling with that Saints offense all night, made some big stops down the stretch to secure that win. Um, you know, this is something that defense today does. Okay, uh, you know, it's not about yardage; it really isn't. It's not. Uh, you know, it's about points. It's it's about making timely stops when you have to have it. And this defense has done that on, on, on numerous occasions this season. I understand they're not highly rated in many respects. They they do uh, have a top 10 rating as far as yardage, but in points allowed and all the other categories, a lot of them, uh, they're not in the top 10. But this defense has been clutch. You you bring up a great word. It's been clutch. And I thought Rodgers, he is a clutch player. I mean, that, that pass to Lazard, you know, they dial that up on what, uh, second and six of the 42 of Green Bay. <laughs> just get Alan Lazard out there and put that ball right on the money that was just um, that was marvelous uh, that's the kind of stuff you know it's like Roger said after the game that's what championship teams do you know what I mean they get to that point in the fourth quarter when they just say okay enough we are who we are and you're not Wayne, I really appreciate the aggressiveness from Matt LaFleur following the touchdown near the end of the first half. I mean, you're talking about just seconds to go. It's 25 seconds, two timeouts. You know, you're at the 25-yard line. Okay, let's see what happens here. Maybe they'll do a run play. Eh, maybe they'll get a few yards. But I wasn't expecting much, to be perfectly candid. And then a couple of quick strikes, and all of a sudden the Packers are you know, in Rams territory and, and threatening to score. I thought that field goal was a pretty big deal. Not only did it show us that Mason Crosby was healthy enough to kick a field goal after that botched extra point, uh, but that was a let's keep our foot on the gas, no Mm -hmm. breaks here, let's get some points and try and find a way to double up, and they did it. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, Rogers started that with a pass to Adams. His, I believe, his longest reception of the day was 21 yards, and then uh, deep to Tunyon, uh, who got behind the defense, uh, you know, for 33 yards. And then, uh, you know, uh, you, you you get those two big plays that get you going, and you get into field goal range. And then uh, in the final seconds, Crosby hits a 39-yard field goal. And Greg, you're exactly right because the key here was that's a 10-point swing because the Packers get the ball to start the third quarter. Now you put a touchdown on the board in that first drive of the second second half that's a 10 point swing and so the fact that the rams got the game back to a one possession game after all of that 
Um, you know, hey, listen, you get to the divisional round, Greg, it's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. And it gets even harder next week. Even though you're home, it's tougher even next week. So that's what it's all about. That's what playoff football is about. This Packers team has showed us uh, great clutch play on a number of occasions this season. And uh, and so I, I, I feel there's something special about this group. I really do. And I haven't felt this way since 2014. You get a stress-free day of watching football, Wayne. Uh, you relax, uh, maybe pour something over a cube and watch the Buccaneers Saints. I, I don't know if you'll have a rooting interest, but uh, you know, give me your thirty thousand foot view of that game. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard. It, on, on the one hand, I think Tampa is going to win the game. I, I think Tampa is the better team. But on the other hand, this is what the Saints have been built for, Greg. Over the last four years, they've been on the precipice of the Super Bowl um, and, and have come up short, and, and they have put everything into this. They're going to have to blow up the whole operation. It's not just Drew Brees uh, retiring after this year. They're going to have to blow up the whole operation, and most teams around the league, by the way, are going to have to blow up their teams just to, to get under the salary cap. But uh, this, So they've been built for this moment. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if the uh, Saints win again. But they've beaten this Tampa Bay team twice, and fairly soundly both times. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But right now, Tampa Bay's playing much better than New Orleans is, in my opinion. And Tampa Bay, uh, I- I'll, I'll give Brady a major edge over Drew Brees at this stage of the game. But that's just my 30,000-foot view, and you know that's without X's and O's. Not that X's and O's could do anything more than confuse me like next-gen stats. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wayne, uh, enjoy a nice, uh, easy drive home. Listen to a ball game. Enjoy watching it tonight. Enjoy your day tomorrow. We look forward to next week when you and Larry are on the call between the Packers and who knows who. We'll find out about 9 o'clock tomorrow night. <laughs> At least the game is here, and we're happy about that. Thanks, Greg. You bet. Take care. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee. Would love to hear from you in the program. We do have an open line at 855-616-1620. 3218, the final. Packers advancing to the NFC Championship game. Pretty amazing stuff today at Lambeau Field. What a beautiful day for football. Were you there? We'd love to hear from you as well. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Long count. Snap Rodgers. Fakes the handoff. Bootlegs right. Pump fakes once and again. Takes it himself to the end zone. He's in there. Just inside the right pylon. Touchdown. Throughout the postseason, Sargento continues to donate $2,000 for every touchdown to fight hunger through Touchdowns for Hunger, benefiting Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Let's look at the math here. 66 touchdowns during the regular season, another four today. How about $140,000 to Touchdowns for Hunger? Pretty amazing stuff to fight hunger in Wisconsin. Sargento will continue to donate $2,000 per touchdown to the program throughout the postseason. Hopefully, Talking about two more games here for the Packers. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Greg Matzik with you on Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us on the program, let's go up to the phone, shall we? It's Rick in Michigan joining us in Packers OT. Hi, Rick. Welcome to the show. Hi, Hi, Greg. My game ball goes to the offensive line. What awesome play calling by the offense. The offensive line, you know, that just that just sets everything up for the entire offense, you know. And the great, the great uh, timely plays by the defense. What a great win today! Really enjoyed it, Rick. Absolutely. And the, and the offensive line, you're right, deserves a game ball here. So much the discussion of the Rams front four and how they're able to generate pressure. It's not a team that blitzes terribly often. 
and they typically don't need to because they're able to work the offensive line of the opposition quite well. They've done it all season long. Uh, But tonight, and you saw it right away, the Packers were committed to running the football, and each of the Packers' three running backs who were active tonight were used on the first series. So a little wrinkle here from Matt LaFleur, but there was nothing fancy about it. I mean, it was up the gut. It was demolishing the interior of the Rams' defensive line. There were also stretches of game where Aaron Donald was on the sidelines. Clearly the rib was bothering him, played through the pain, uh, but there were stretches where Aaron Donald was sidelined. He is a dominant force. There's no doubt about it. It's still a pretty good defense with or without Donald on the field. So 188 yards rushing, no sacks. Aaron Rodgers held upright. Uh, I've got to go back through and look. I do chart all the plays, but I'm trying to figure out what the longest third down conversion attempt for the Packers was tonight. I don't think they had a third and 10. They might have had a third and 14 once due to a penalty. Uh, I have to go back and look, but it felt like third and manageable throughout the evening. Uh, which was impressive, very impressive to watch. One of the reasons why the Packers are advancing to the NFC Championship game. The first time the NFC Championship game will be at Lambeau Field since 2007. I remember that game. You might as well. It was frigid. It was terribly cold. I remember watching the game, had a pizza, had a beverage, had some TCBY. I love the country's best yogurt, right? That was the meal of choice in 2007, watching Brett Favre and the Packers face the Giants. Of course, that game did not go as planned, and it was Brett Favre's final game as a member of the Green Bay Packers. We'll see what happens next week. We'll see who the Packers face next week, but a home game at Lambeau sounds pretty darn good for the opportunity to go to Tampa in Super Bowl 55. Eric is in lacrosse, joining us next in Packers OT. Eric, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, couldn't agree with Wayne more in terms of just this season being special, uh, in terms of compared to last season, uh, what makes me nervous at this stage though, going forward, whoever we play will be two things. And one would be special teams. The second thing seems to be these momentum breakers. We've had the last couple of games with uh, Lazard's drop and MBS's drop last week. Um, I think those are just things that against better quality teams could potentially bite us going forward again i'll hang up and listen to your response Thanks. yeah i appreciate it uh, i wonder if they had a tcby in lacrosse anybody else remember this you looked at me funny greg hills producing the program tcby was uh, wonderful frozen yogurt uh yeah i get your point here so it, this will be interesting to watch tomorrow night as the saints and buccaneers match up in new orleans and the saints have just dominated the buccaneers throughout the regular season The Buccaneers are on a roll. Their quality of competition has not been great, but nonetheless, they are riding high here, including a playoff win over Washington. The Saints are built for speed. I think they're different when they're away from the Superdome, as evidenced by their loss to Philadelphia, struggling with Carolina on the road, on grass, not terribly fast surfaces. I I feel like Tampa Bay, and I know much has been made about their struggles in sub-freezing temperatures, but Tom Brady's used to this. Antonio Brown's used to this. So is Gronk. I think Tampa Bay is actually more equipped and more used to what the environment could be like at Lambeau Field, more so than the Saints, who are you know, creatures of habit, creatures of climate control. They play in a warm-weather division. The Atlanta Falcons play in a dome. So the Saints are constantly in a controlled environment and uh, would love to see them not so much in a controlled environment. If you're asking me if I have a rooting interest, yeah, I just might be a Saints fan tomorrow. 
against Tampa Bay. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. 32-18 the final. We've got Garrett in Minnesota joining us next on Packers OT. Welcome in, Garrett. Hey, how are you doing? So, um, basically, uh, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers can beat Brady or Drew Brees. And here's why. Uh, If the Eagles can beat Tom Brady, then uh, I don't see why Aaron can't. I don't see why he can't. Well, I I don't see why. So here's how I look at it, Garrett. Do you think any team can stop the Packers' offense? Any team? I don't think so. I mean, I don't even think the Vikings can. I don't think any – I don't – I don't, I don't think any team can stop the Packers' offense. Where the Packers have run into trouble is when they've lost the turnover battle, as evidenced by that game in Tampa, probably the worst game the Packers played all season, a 38-10 to loss. When the Packers have struggled in the turnover world, they have a tendency to struggle in games. You don't want to be down if you're the Packers. You want to be front runners. You want your offense to assist the defense. You want it to all be harmonious. You want the playbook to be wide open. When the Packers grab a lead, they become pretty tough to handle. What do you do on offense if you're the opposite team? So they present on all sorts of issues, and and I think the defense is it's not it's not a top five defense according to the numbers, but they allowed nineteen and a half points per game at Lambeau Field this season. If they hold their next week opponent to fewer than twenty points, the Packers are going to the Super Bowl. I think it's that simple. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. We do have an open line for you. We'll take your calls till 9 o'clock here on the Packers Radio Network. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Let's bring the trophy home. The title is back in town. The Green Bay Packers are world champions of football. News Radio WTMJ. Goff looks it over, gets motion to the right side, shotgun snap, Goff under pressure, he's set! Zedarius Smith up the A-gap, decks the quarterback back inside the 20, and it's third and long, coming up for Los Angeles. One of four sacks on the day for the Green Bay Packers defense in a 32-18 win over the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome back to Packers OT, presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. At Pella, replace now and get three years, no interest, plus five months, no first payment, only through January 31st. Got to act fast. For details, visit PellaWI.com. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us on the program. It was a dominant effort by the Packers, but certainly not without flaw. I really felt like this game could have been more out of hand than it was. Just consider a few things that happened throughout this game. A missed extra point, a failed two-point conversion. You had Malik Taylor, who fielded the ball one yard into the end zone, out so the Packers started to drive about the 15 instead of the 35. You had a punt return opportunity for Tavon Austin where the ball went over his head and uh, it cost the Packers some yardage. Early in the game, Packers settled for a field goal on the opening drive. I counted three drops. Not all the throws were great, but certainly there was an opportunity for six on that opening drive. And then there were a few missed deep balls. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had Marquez Valdez-Scantling and sailed one over his head. Alan Lazard dropped what would have been a a significant gain, perhaps even a touchdown. Of course, they made up for it later in the game with a 58-yard strike. But there were some opportunities here that the Packers missed, and and that's what makes tonight's score, I think, more amazing. The Rams, I, I wouldn't say were flawless by any stretch, 
but they were pretty clean. No turnovers. Jared Goff was pretty efficient. They ran tempo to put the Packers' defense on its heels and prevent substitutions from happening. I I thought the Rams had a pretty good game plan and did the best they could without their leading wide receiver, Cooper Cup. The Packers were dominant despite not playing a perfect game. Now, there were some issues, which leads you to believe that their ceiling is just unbelievably high. Unbelievably high. And I don't think there's a single team that can stop the Packers' offense. If you want to beat the Packers, you better score 30. Tyler is in Wanakee joining us next on Packers OT. Hi, Tyler. Hey, Greg. You're absolutely right. That It was a great game, and, I mean, we're just nitpicking now. Um, but it, that second quarter touchdown to Devontae where he went in motion twice, quick throw from Rodgers to the end zone, that was unbelievable. Ramsey was acting like he got picked by one of the Packers, but it happened so quick, there's no way he could have. It would. <laughs> I've never seen a play like that. Have Have you? I, I thought the uh, the execution it had to be on point in in two facets. Number one, Devontae really picked up his speed when he came back through the line of scrimmage, and then Aaron, if you watched it, he's got to field the snap from the shotgun, pivot his feet, and get that sucker out of his hands in less than a second, and he was able to do it. So I mean, that is as bang bang a play as you could possibly imagine. You don't have a lot of room to work with, and the defense is closing. It was incredible execution and a well-designed play. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And then when Rodgers, and I I believe it was a slow block by Mercedes Lewis. He was supposed to kind of go out in the flat a little bit, and he he didn't make it there in time. Rodgers was under pressure. He he pump-faked the linebacker, went up in the air, and then he went to the corner of the end zone easily, put his left hand over the over the pylon. I, I thought he should have done the belt at that point, but uh, <laughs> I mean, what do you think? Why not? I'm all for it, right? If he can possibly do that in the fourth quarter of next week's game, Tyler, I think we'll all be happy and uh, we'll celebrate on Packers OT. How does that sound? You're darn right, my friend. I love the show. Appreciate you, Tyler. Thanks so much for joining us. It's Roger in the UP. Thanks for joining us. Roger, you're on Packers OT. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I think you guys do a great job, and I'm really looking forward to uh, next week's call on the game. Uh, Unfortunately, we can't hear you uh, for the Super Bowl, but uh, we'll take what we can get for next week. Sounds good, Roger. What do you got? Well, I've got a question uh, as far as uh, Coach LaFleur goes. Uh, I was wondering, where does he stand in uh, all-time history with the greatest uh, coaches that are, have been out there, like uh, Lombardi and Hallis and Bill Walsh and George Seifert? Where does he stand right now as far as his uh, uh, winning record goes? I haven't heard anything talked about that for quite some time, so I'm just wondering where he's at right now. Well, 26-6 and six in the regular season, that's a better start than any coach in Packers history. It's never been done before. Uh, he has done what no coach in Packers history has ever done. That in itself is amazing. There's still one big thing left to accomplish, and then you got to put it on repeat, and you keep going, and you keep going. You don't be satisfied with one. All the coaches you mentioned are Super Bowl-winning coaches. You think about Lombardi and Holmgren, and McCarthy, able to win Super Bowls and bring that to Green Bay. Mike Sherman was a, a pretty good head coach. Didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Didn't happen under his watch. Uh, so that's how you're measured in Green Bay. Uh, but to this point, I, can we give Mark Murphy the credit he deserves for finding Matt LaFleur? Because I remember when he was hired, 
the Titans guy? And then they brought in Nathaniel Hackett, the Jaguars offensive coordinator? There were a lot of questions, and there was a lot of unknowns. And after last season's 13-3 and record, regardless of the cosmetic appeal of that 13-3 and record, it was still 13-3. and And a berth in the NFC Championship game, I did think the Packers were overmatched by the Niners. One year later, I don't feel that way about any team left in the NFL. There's some high-quality teams, but the Packers are certainly among that group. 855-616-1620. One more segment here to round out the hour. We'll hear from you, go back through some of the numbers. We'll also dip into the locker room before we get out of here at 9 o'clock. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Jones to his right. They move Devontae in motion to the left. Hand off to Jones up the middle. Has a hole. Breaks through to the 40. Cutting left, 45-50, 45-40. Still on his feet. Left sidelines to the 20, to the 15. Angled out of bounds. Showtime. Jordan Fuller chased him out. To the 15-yard line of the Rams. My goodness. Well, you talk about a tone setter. 60-yard run from Aaron Jones on the per- first play from scrimmage in the second half. Just a few plays later, the Packers would get into the end zone. It was Jones on a one-yard plunge, gave the Packers a 25-10 lead. So in essence, talking about a 10-point swing, the Rams scored that touchdown just before the half. Amazingly, with 25 seconds left to go in the half, Rodgers engineered a touchdown drive. They got about 50 yards on two plays, setting up a Mason Crosby 39-yard field goal. And then they take the opening kick of the second half, march right down the field, and in six plays, reach pay dirt. So a, a pretty impressive swing there for the Packers. They gained control early in the third quarter. The Rams fought. They came back, but the Packers were able to close it out with some clutch play on offense and on defense. Packers Radio Network football is brought to you by American Family Insurance and our good friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. We've got uh, Dusty, who is uh, up amongst the people in Green Bay today. Dusty, welcome to the program. Greg, hey, uh, up amongst the people, but not in the stands, and that's actually what I wanted to talk to you about, because it was a weird experience for me. I'm, I'm driving back to Milwaukee like I have so many times before, and i got to say, I'm one of the lucky ones. I've been coming to games at Lambeau Field at least once a year for 30 years now. I was at the NFC title game in 96. I was at the showdown in Titletown in 97. I was at We Want the Ball and We're Going to Score. I was at the Snow Globe game where Favre helped the driver with a snowball. I was at Did Des Catch It? And this game today, this ranks up there with all of those games for me, and I wasn't even in the stands. I drove up with my dad and a couple of buddies separately. We masked up, we social distanced, and we sat in a parking lot and we watched this game on a television. And It was the most fun I've had all year. Now, maybe that's a commentary on life during COVID, but A, my first question for you is, in the very non-statistical category of how does this Packers team rank for you in being fun to watch, I would put it in one of my top three. And B, what do you say to all of the Packers fans out there who feel like we have been robbed of getting to watch this season, which has been an amazing season because of this stupid virus that has kept us all locked up in our homes here. 
Yeah, appreciate the phone call, Dusty. Drive safe. Yeah, you know, you've had to watch it a different way, perhaps. Many of you listening to this program, you've had to digest Packers football a little differently than in years past. So uh, I'm, I'm very pleased to see how fans were distributed around Lambeau Field. Uh, so they had about 8,500 in the stadium today. I, I must admit, it looked like more than that to me. That's just... You know, you know the eye test, and it certainly sounded loud to me from what I could tell, and some of the players were commenting on that after the game. So uh, it is a nice reward. I understand it's very, very small fraction of the, the season ticket fan base, uh, but just to see fans at Lambeau Field I thought was a glorious sight. Pair that with a win in January. Uh, the atmosphere was different today than it had been at any other point throughout the regular season. Even with you know 500 or so fans, uh, I think the impact was far greater today and uh, we're hoping for the same next week. That would be great to see. It would be great to hear. And uh, it helps add to the atmosphere and perhaps the home field advantage. That we all get a little stress-free football tomorrow, which is outstanding. The Packers will face the winner of tomorrow's Saints-Buccaneers game. That game will be played in New Orleans. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Rod in Weyerhaeuser joins us next on Packers OT. Welcome in, Rod. Thank you for taking my call again. Uh, very good. Keep up the good work your program. Go Pack Go. Uh, this was evidence of all three fundamental fun football squares being filled. Uh, block, hang on to the ball, and tackle. And they, they filled all them squares tonight. You're right. They did. It, 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 it was a complete win, Rod. And I... It, it wasn't perfect, and that I guess that's part of the beauty in, in watching the Packers play tonight. There were some outstanding individual performances, some ball control, some dominance in the trenches, and you know, the components were there, and, and it's components of the Packers that we have seen throughout the course of the season, and I, I thought punctuated by a defensive performance that has been trending in the right direction for the last six, seven weeks, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with elevated safety play, there appears to be a, a linebacker rotation that is working. Move Christian Kirksey to a, a different spot in that linebacking core, which is is worked out nice. So I, there's a variety of components that go into it, but it's not just the offense. The offense doesn't have to be perfect to win. I felt like when the Packers played in the NFC Championship game against Atlanta a few years back, if the offense made a mistake, the defense wasn't there to help pick the team back up. And uh, in some respects, uh, the defense just wasn't there against San Francisco last season, uh, and particularly the run defense. There's more balance to this Packers team this year than there was a year ago. Uh, That does seem to stand out. One hour down, one to go here on Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Would love to hear from you at 855-616-1620. Impressive performance today by the Green Bay Packers. Now they wait. They get to play a waiting game and uh, get a little more rest then whoever comes out of tomorrow's game played in New Orleans. So the NFC Championship game will be played a week from tomorrow at Lambeau Field. 32-18 the final, 484 yards of offense for the Packers. 188 of those yards came on the ground. Very impressive performance and some clutch play down the stretch by the Packers defense. 855-616-1620. Got an open line for you if you'd like to hop in. Packers Radio, presented by American Family Insurance. You're listening to the Packers Radio Network.
Packers game day continues. In that situation, again, you know, the, the great teams uh, can finish off opponents in that situation. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. As long as we take it one game at a time, don't let nothing get ahead of us. Uh, you know, stuff like that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to handle itself. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. They can't just limit us. They can't say, hey, it's two running backs in there. They All they're going to do is run the ball. You never know what we're going to do now. So I feel like it's just giving us more and more weapons. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. The Green Bay Packers are one win away from representing the NFC in Super Bowl 55. It's no longer a journey. It's an expectation. Packers will host the winner of the Saints-Buccaneers game to be played tomorrow evening in the Superdome in New Orleans. Welcome back. It's Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Replace now and get three years, no interest, plus five months, no first payment, but only through January 31st. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Greg Matzik with you until 9 o'clock. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us commenting on the Packers 32 to 18 win. Green Bay took a 19 to 10 lead at the half and came out in the third quarter and it was a bit of a sluggish third quarter aside of the opening drive. The first play from scrimmage, a 60-yard run by Aaron Jones. Just a few plays later the Packers were in the end zone owning a 25 to 10 lead. There was a bit of a lull, however, and the Packers only had four second-half possessions, two of which came in the third quarter, and the third one started in the third. Uh, But you had a holding penalty to start the second drive. You had an incomplete pass. I thought it was a miss by Aaron Rodgers on a first and 17. Uh, You were on second and 17, able to pick up 22 yards, so that drive continued. But then another deep pass miss. It was a drop by Alan Lazard, ultimately led to a punt after a third and eight was incomplete on a deep ball. But the tone was set that the second drive of the second half alone told me that the deep ball was in play and there was something working with the deep ball. It was Alan Lazard, it was MVS running free and in space. So much attention on Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. There were opportunities for Aaron Rodgers to connect. It was just a matter of time. In fact, I tweeted out halfway through the second half, the Packers are going to connect on a deep ball before this game ends. And sure enough, it came a little later in the game, but ultimately, to me, the turning point in the game, the pass from Aaron Rodgers to Alan Lazard, 58 yards for the touchdown. That really blew the game open after the Rams had made things interesting with a Cam Akers touchdown on their final drive in the third quarter. So that was a nice 11-play, 79-yard drive, eating up about six minutes. The two-point conversion was also good, 25-18, and we're all moving to the edge of our seats saying, oh boy, here we go. But the Rams' inability to consistently stop the Packers' offense, it really came back to haunt them. Green Bay scored on every drive in the first half, including one with 25 seconds left, starting at the 25-yard line, able to get into field goal position. Uh, In fact, only two of the Packers' drives in the entire game resulted in no points being scored. So just gives you an indication how dominant the Packers' offense was. Ball control, no turnovers, just three penalties on the day and zero sacks of Aaron Rodgers against uh, ferocious Rams defense. Very impressive performance on both sides of the ball. Special teams, not so much. We'll get to that before we get out of here at 9 o'clock. Back to the phones we go. It is Bill who was at the game today. Bill, how was it inside Lambeau yep, Field? Yeah, Craig. How was it today? Greg, uh, 
It was great. It was fantastic. Um, I've probably been to 50 games. I would describe this as strange. Um, first of all, I got to park in the Packer parking lot. That's never happened before. The Packer Pro Shop was basically empty. The way they had the seats was set up, when you, when you got to your seats, they actually had seat backs and seats all set for you. So our four seats together, and I think that kept the fans uh, properly social distance. Um, just a lot of ushers who would, you know, if you, <laughs> except if you're drinking or eating, um, they came up and they wanted you to wear their, wear the mask. So, uh, but again, a great game. And I was surprised with 8,500 people, how much noise that crowd could make. I mean, there's some quiet times when, uh, you know, in the Packer defense, Aaron Rodgers a couple times, when they asked for crowd noise, it got very loud and they, they gave away these styrofoam signs if you wanted them and people were banging those on the seat that's what i heard so that was that's that was making quite a bit of noise but i'll tell you what for 8500 packer fans instead of 80,000, it i thought i thought the crowd did great and uh really made some noise so it it was uh it was it was fun it was different but a lot of fun. Bill, let me ask you this. I mean, did it feel like a, a, a comfortable experience for you? Was it really enjoyable, too, beyond the game? Oh, yeah. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. Just very different than, uh, yeah, I mean, from traffic getting there, traffic leaving, um, you know, it's just very different. But, no, a, a very good, uh, tremendous experience. Yeah. Good stuff, Bill. Appreciate it. Drive safe. Thanks for checking in with us. We've got Dooch in Wausau. Welcome to the program. Hi, yes, Dooch. What's happening? Uh, thank you, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, Mason Crosby, he really is uh, a leader on this team. He took it for the team and got a little banged up there and came through in the clutch. We've got to give a shout-out for him. And the other thing I wanted to throw out there, guys, was there was an article by uh, Robert Tanyan this week that really talked about the leadership on the team. And did you guys read that? And uh, I'll I'll hang up and listen to your comments. Yeah, appreciate the Thanks. phone call, dude. There was uh, an interesting nugget from Tanya. Uh, apparently, at a at a Thanksgiving Day dinner at Aaron Rodgers' house, uh, Aaron had several offensive players over, several players over, including David Bakhtiari. Uh, Bakhtiari apparently pulled Tanya over and said, "This is early in Tanya's career in Green Bay." Saying something to the effect of, "I don't want know what you're doing when you're running pass routes, but your run blocking isn't good enough." That was during dinner on Thanksgiving a couple of years ago. So <laughs> that stuck in the mind of Robert Tunyon, who has certainly turned into a nice weapon here for Aaron Rodgers. You know, his biggest reception of the day came in that final drive before halftime, a 33-yarder. Aaron Rodgers stepping up in the pocket. Looked like he had a, a defender draped on his back, pulling on his jersey. Uh, wasn't the prettiest pass, but it was certainly on target and a gain of 33. So in two plays, the Packers gained 53 yards and were in position for Mason Crosby to hit that 39-yard field goal. Uh, and to your point, dude, Crosby was taken down on that botched extra point attempt, and it was hard to tell what happened to him. They didn't really have a a great replay, but it looked like his, his head got spun a little bit and then his shoulder went hard into the turf, and that seemed to be what he was angling toward on the sidelines. But he did come back to kick that 39-yard field goal, uh, and maintained his position as uh, the kickoff guy as well for the rest of the game. So I, I would imagine that'll be pretty sh- sore tomorrow. Um, 
I guess the blessing is you don't kick with your shoulder, you kick with your feet, you use your leg, and that appears to be just fine for Mason Crosby. We've got uh, Andy joining us next in Oshkosh. Hi, Andy. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for taking my call. You know, I just want to comment on how earlier in the season, prior to the season, everybody was saying that the Packers needed another wide receiver. Um, They have the best offense in football, and the guys they got are so unselfish. Down the field, blocking, doing the dirty work, and then Alan Lazard gets free for that long touchdown. And I also got to give a shout-out to Jair Alexander. You didn't hear him, hear his name, you didn't see anything about him, but the one time they did that little dump-off pass, he came up and made a big tackle. For me, Jair Alexander is uh, best corner in football, not Jalen Ramsey. Thanks. Yeah, it's a good point, Andy, because uh, to your point, you know, the wide receiving core looked a little different for the Rams today. I, I thought Cooper Cup was going to give it a shot, but I didn't think he would be 100% if he played. And he wasn't able to play. So it's certainly that is a blow. That's a security blanket for Jared Goff. So really, the only household name you had working on the wide receiving core for the Rams was Robert Woods. And uh, they had to work in some guys, you know, depth players. Not unlike if if the Packers lost one of their studs. Uh, I'm not going to put Cooper Cup in the same breath as Devontae Adams. But, you know, take a key receiving threat away from Aaron Rodgers, and there's a domino effect. And I, I think that was felt by the Rams today. But to your point, Alexander, I, I don't even know how many times he was targeted. Uh but he came up huge in the fourth quarter. So this is when the game was pretty tight. Like, okay, we need to play now. Defense, where are you at? It's time. And there was a sack by Kenny Clark. There was a sack by Rashawn Gary, a tip ball by Preston Smith, and a tackle for loss by Jair Alexander, all in the final two drives for the Rams. Their only drives of the fourth quarter. Two sacks a third negative yardage play, and a tip ball on third and 14 by Preston Smith. That's clutch. That's when he needed it most because the Rams had made things a a little interesting. Packers put a little more distance with that long touchdown pass from Rodgers to Lazard, and that was the final nail in the coffin, that final drive that started at the 41 with reasonable field position, uh, but really ended up feeling like that thing went backwards. So impressive performance by the Packers today, by and large. Some things to work on as well. I think that's a coach's dream. 32-18, the final. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, a quick update on what is happening in the AFC, the night game being played right now in Buffalo. The Bills lead Baltimore 3-0. They are uh, not quite halfway through the second quarter in that particular game, and uh, it's been a struggle to score points in uh, two relatively high-powered offenses as well. So you never know what you're going to get in the NFL, that's for sure. That's why you feel comfortable about a win today for the Packers. Much more to get to coming up on the other side, including a dip into the locker room. We'll have our turning point in today's game and get back to your thoughts as well. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Rodgers takes, fakes the handoff, looks to throw, lofts it down the middle. Lazard's got it, and he's gone! He is gone! Touchdown! The Packers with a dagger! 31-18, Allen Lazard, 58 yards! 
Today's turning point of the game is presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Dear Winter, almost nothing stands in the way of a new Toyota, and the new 2021 lineup is hotter than ever. Cozy up at Toyota. Toyota, let's go places. Aaron Rodgers to Alan Lazard really put the game out of reach in the fourth quarter. A 58-yard touchdown pass after Rodgers and his receivers missed on a couple of deep ball attempts earlier in the half. This was as clutch as it comes. 58 yards to Alan Lazard, ultimately sealing this game. Impressive performance by the Green Bay Packers, by and large. The defense also coming up clutch late. But five plays, 73 yards, 2 minutes, 54 seconds. The point after made it 32-18. to 18. That was the final score in today's game. Packers advancing to the NFC Championship game at home for the first time since 2007. But five of the last seven uh, championship games. This will be the fifth. Fifth in seven years for the Green Bay Packers. Looking to get back to the promised land. This year's Super Bowl will be played in Tampa, Florida. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Let's grab Barry in California up next. Hi, Barry. Hey, Greg. Thanks so much for taking my call. Um, I will admit, I watched the game today, and I was I was worried. Uh, living in Southern California, especially if we would have lost to the Rams, I most likely would have had to have moved out by tomorrow. But I'm so glad that we did beat them. I have a very good feel for the team. The defense sometimes makes me pull out my hair. Some of the passes that are continually completed against them, I wish they would make maybe sometimes a little bit more effort to make a play on the ball than actually making a play on the receiver after he's caught the ball. But overall, I am very impressed with the way this team is playing. I think we've got a very good chance of winning on Sunday. If I recall correctly, I think we had the early game, so it would be um, at noon uh, Wisconsin time um, um, or 2 o'clock Wisconsin time. But I think overall, any team coming into Green Bay, whether it be Tampa or New Orleans, have got to worry about not even the weather, the weapons we have and the way the team is playing and the coaching. So I will take your comments off the air, but I am feeling very good about the game next week, and it would be nice to replicate what happened in 1996 and win it at home. Thanks so much, and have a good day. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Barry. You know, the Packers have never won a Super Bowl without a top-five defense, and they finished this year the ninth-ranked defense in the National Football League. Very respectable. Uh, But I would say this. The Packers are playing their best defense of the season uh, over the last several weeks. So at the right time, averaging... 19.5 points per game at Lambeau Field. That's what the defense has allowed the entire season, which is pretty impressive. Uh, 18 for the Rams today. Yes, their offense was a little bit challenged. I would imagine next week, regardless of the opponent, the offensive firepower is going to be a little more significant than what you saw from the Rams today. I would also imagine that uh, maybe the defense, maybe not quite to what the Rams' level is, but we haven't seen a defense consistently stop the Packers all season long. The Packers have stopped themselves on occasion. But Green Bay can put up 30 on just about anybody in this league. And maybe that's why it feels so different. Um, We've seen a Packers offense be dominant before. It hasn't always been balanced out by the defense. I think there is more balance this year. Last year, going into the NFC Championship game, I was trying to figure out a way the Packers could beat San Francisco. And there were a lot of ifs with what I was coming up with. Well, if he can do this, if he can pull San Francisco out of its game, if he could just do that, and it just, it never materialized. San Francisco ran all over Green Bay, and I thought they were the best team in the NFC going into that championship game, and uh, by and large, for the entire season. You know, there's, there's there's no clear, significant separation. The Packers are playing incredible football right now. They are on a run. 
They are hot at the right time. Last year, there was San Francisco, pretty significant gap, and then the rest of the NFC in whatever order you want to place them. Uh, This year, the Packers may, in fact, be the class of the NFC. I don't think there's a significant gap between who would be next. Uh, But where you play and when you play them, I believe in that. There's something to it. And I think the Saints are built for speed and the dome and grass and cold weather. Yeah, maybe that front four can't quite get off the ball as quick as they would in the climate controlled in Louisiana. 855-616-1620. If you do have a thought while you're hanging on the line or while you chime in on who you'd prefer the Packers to play a week from tomorrow, we'll take that as well. Absolutely. Hit us up on Twitter as well. At G Matzik, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter. Mike is in West Virginia, joining us next. Greetings, Mike. Hey, Greg. It's good to hear from you. Um, I used to live in Wisconsin. I just had to throw that in. Anyway, um, the diversity of the team, you and I have talked throughout the year about how special teams were hurting and defense was hurting, but offense, defense, special teams, the whole nine yards, three running backs, several receivers, although my buddy Mark... Uh, you know, number 13, uh, Allen, you know, dropped the one pass, but it caught the other. But I, I think the strength of what we're going through in right now is the diversity of the team. And that's what I wanted to ask you about. What do you think about the diversity of our team this year? Well, I, I think you talk about Super Bowl depth, Mike. I think that's a big deal. Um, and I think nowhere better illustrated than the offensive line. You know, starting left tackle goes out for an offense as high-powered as the Packers, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, boy. But the Packers had a pretty stern test without David Bakhtiari at the end of the year against the Bears. And I thought that was a perfect tune-up for today's game against a Rams front that also likes to get after it with four instead of blitzing from all different corners of the field. And the Bears are similar in that regard. And Khalil Mack bounces around, not unlike Aaron Donald. Uh, the Bears had Akeem Nix on the field. They did not have Akeem Nix on the field when the Packers and Bears played earlier in the season. But he was on the field for the regular season finale. So I thought that was a nice tune-up for the Packers without David Bakhtiari. And they had shown throughout the season they could win without their all-pro left tackle. So you have to have depth at key positions if you want to be a Super Bowl team. Usually, not always, usually, the team that wins the Super Bowl is the healthiest team with the best quarterback. That's a nice combo platter to have. And uh, that remains to be seen, what team that is going into Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. But overall, the Packers have exhibited, I think, extraordinary depth throughout the season at a variety of positions. They've been able to handle injuries. It has not slowed down their offensive attack. They've been fine on defense and getting better, I think, at the right time. 32-18, the final. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Jones to his right. They move Devontae in motion to the left. Hand off to Jones up the middle. Has a hole. Breaks through to the 40. Cutting left. 45-50. 45-40. Still on his feet. Left sidelines to the 20. To the 15. Angled out of bounds. Showtime. Jordan Fuller chased him out. To the 15-yard line of the Rams. My goodness. 
Today's hardest working player of the game is presented by Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Buy online at farmandfleet.com. Pick up your items in the convenient drive-thru. You don't even need to get out of the car. I'm going to go a little different with our Blaine's Farm and Fleet hardest working player of the game. I'm going to give it to a group. The offensive line deserves the game ball and to be recognized as today's hardest working player of the game. The Blaine's Farm and Fleet, hardest working player of the game, the Packers' offensive line. Here's why. 484 yards of offense, 188 of those yards on the ground, zero sacks allowed. And I think there was one holding penalty. I just, I, just an incredible performance against a Rams defense that is no accident. And they allowed 18 points and a half, 18 and a half points per game on average, 23 and a half on the road. Yes, Aaron Donald was beat up, but there's still plenty of talent on that Rams defensive side of the ball. So I thought the offensive line allowed Aaron Rodgers to be upright, allowed for the playbook to stay open. It was never third and unmanageable, it felt like, for the Packers tonight. And I think the offensive line was a significant component to a 32-point performance tonight at Lambeau Field. Welcome back in. It's Packers OT, presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, let's uh, talk to Rob in Dubuque, Iowa. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Rob. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks you for taking my call. Uh, I think the, the Packers right now are peaking, but I liked your comment earlier about the the, the, the ceiling is, is just way out of sight because they – They've got things to still clean up, and that's something that can coach with. That's one thing. Um, but they seem to be improving. But you know, the one thing that just has astounded me all year long, as we've talked about, uh, the offensive line. But why is that happening? In years past, we'd use, uh, lose a tackle or a guard or a, a, a center would go down. And it, holy cow, the, 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 the offense just gets completely kicked out of kilter, knocked off kilter. But you've got guys in the line there that came up in the practice squad, for God's sake. What are they doing coaching-wise that all season long that have been able to mix and match these guys up and down the line that have made such a difference in how this team has won consistently all the year, uh, all year long? And then one final observation, uh, Greg, I'd like to get your thoughts about, you know, what the Packer coaching staff is doing, or is it part of the scheme, the the, the, the zone-blocking scheme they have? But the other thing is, the one game that the, the line really didn't protect Rodgers was against Tampa Bay. And so I guess, uh, if your question about who I'd like to see coming down the pike, I think I'd rather play the, the, the uh, Saints. But uh, anyway, I'll uh, take your call off. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate you, Rob. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Uh, from Dubuque, Iowa. You know, I, there is certainly a talent level that we've not seen in Green Bay for quite some time. And I'm talking about overall talent. Uh, I think if, if John Runyon Jr., the rookie from Michigan, were put into the game, I, okay, fine. Right, We've seen that movie before. It's turned out great. I think it's really uncommon to have a guy like Elton Jenkins who can move all over the place. Billy Turner's been solid. Rick Wagner's been a nice pickup in the offseason. They haven't missed Brian Bulaga. I do think the scheme makes a difference. So just work with me on this. One of the things you've noticed Aaron Rodgers doing this year, I think more so than in years past, and certainly in Matt LaFleur's system, the ball seems to be out of his hand, and the person he's throwing the ball to appears to be open and in space. And there's there's a timing, there's a rhythm, there's an on-schedule component to the offense because players are schemed open. 
And the design is for Aaron Rodgers to not hold on to the ball too often. And that was a criticism early on in Aaron Rodgers' career and really throughout the Mike McCarthy era. And then there became a point where, boy, it just seemed like Rodgers was throwing the ball away a lot. Just out of the pocket, nobody's open, throw it out of bounds. And frustration would grow. In the later years of Mike McCarthy, I think the wide receiving core was asked to win one-on-one matchups. Get out there and win your one-on-one. And the back shoulder throw became such a, a common sight in Aaron Rodgers' repertoire. But it was Jordy Nelson and James Jones. They were the best at it. But how much separation do you remember seeing with that group? It felt like everything was contested. And yes, there's beautiful timing and chemistry on a back shoulder throw. But you don't see that as often in Matt LaFleur's offense. You see it on occasion. And when you do... It's Devontae Adams catching the ball on the other side because he and Rodgers have that chemistry. But by and large, the back shoulder throw is gone. In other words, Rodgers is seeing open receivers much sooner than I think he has in years past. And because of that, the offensive line isn't tasked with protecting Aaron Rodgers for as long. Now, they still have a pro bowler in Elton Jenkins, an all-pro in Corey Lindsley, And the left tackle is an all-pro, too. So one of the best lines in all of football is in Green Bay. That's pretty impressive talent. But it's not just hope and pray for Don Barclay to be healthy here. Uh, There's more coming in off the sidelines that allows the Packers' offense to stay in rhythm. It's been really interesting to watch because the Packers have performed very well with a line that has been shuffled all over the place. I don't know when they had their their full and complete offensive line intact. How many games? Maybe half the season? That's a guess. That's a total guess, but I'd, I don't think we're too far off of that. So that's among the things I've been very impressed with. Unsung Hero Award, whatever you want to call it, the offensive line is part of the reason, a significant part of the reason the Packers are still playing with an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. 855-616-1620. We've uh, got a handful of calls here. We've got Tom in the UP joining us next. Thanks for holding, Tom. You're on Packers OT. Hey, Greg. How you doing? I thought uh, one of the biggest plays tonight was uh, when Rodgers picked up that fumble right after the Rams had scored and advanced it there a few yards and made it third and short instead of third and long and then converted to third down and kept the drive alive. And I believe we went down and scored then. Yeah, you're talking about one of the, I don't know if you want to call it crazy, but a very interesting sequence in the game today. Um, I must admit, seeing A.J. Dillon on the field in a one-score game in the fourth quarter, I was a little bit surprised given the production of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. And really, Dillon was producing as well. Uh, The running game was on point today. I was a little surprised to see him on the field in that situation. But here's the sequence. The Packers started to drive at the 27-yard line. Aaron Jones on first down had a six-yard run. Second and four, A.J. Dillon gets the ball. It doesn't look like it's in his hands all the way. It sort of bounced off his shoulder pads, but it looked like he grabbed it and secured the ball in time before the hit that jarred it loose. But nonetheless, the ball was popped loose. Dillon was injured on the play. The ball bounced right back to Aaron Rodgers, who not only picked up the ball on the move, but squeezed ahead for a yard. So now you're looking at third and three instead of disaster in a 25-18 to game. 
on the very next play, third and three, MVS receives the ball, what, what would you say, six yards from the first down? And then uses every inch of his frame, 6'4", 6'5", to stretch ahead across the markers for four yards. The very next play was a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers to Alan Lazard. So just think about that sequence. The fumble, the lucky bounce, gaining a yard, and then the grit from MVS to stretch for the first down on a third and three. Those are winning plays. A little bit of luck involved as well. Nobody said you can't have a little luck in a football game, and that certainly was a a fortunate bounce in Green Bay's favor because it's 25-18 at that point. One play after MVS stretches for a first down, it's 32-18, and the game is practically over. Crazy sequence in the fourth quarter. 855-616-1620. Got about 20 minutes left in the program and uh, plenty of calls to get to. We will do so coming up on the other side. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Motion to the left by Devontae. Give is to Jones. Spinning left side. End zone. Touchdown! On the spin, Aaron Jones. 14 carries, 99 yards, and a touchdown for Aaron Jones, who also caught one pass for 14 yards in a 32-18 win over the Los Angeles Rams. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Replace now and get three years no interest, plus five months no first payment, but only through January 31st. For details, visit PellaWI.com. I'm Greg Matzik with you until 9 o'clock tonight. Let's get back to the phones. It's Dan in Fundalac. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Dan. Well, hey, Greg, thanks for taking my call. Just love the show. One of the things that uh, I've always looked at, and I guess I'm old school, but early on in the game today, the way that the Packers offense just ran the ball in all three backs, fresh legs, and defense is going to win a Super Bowl for us. I just wanted to get your comment on that because I think that really established itself all four quarters of the game. And uh, to be able to, you know, have the Rams off balance and to be able to, you know, have them guessing, I really think that uh, our backs did a great job today. Uh, Aaron Jones, uh, Jamal Williams, and Dylan. And I hope he's okay because we're going to need him next weekend. Just wanted to see your comments on that. Yeah, I was a little surprised to see A.J. Dillon as early as we did, Dan. But uh, it does, I think, you know, it, it point to where your discussion is going here. It, it points to the depth. And we saw A.J. Dillon break out against the Titans. That was outstanding. And we did not see much of A.J. Dillon against the Chicago Bears the very next week. And Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams have been steady all season long. And at times, Jones has been spectacular. Uh, But A.J. Dillon got the first, uh, let's see, no, Aaron Jones got the first carry of the game. A.J. Dillon got the second carry of the game. The second series was split between Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. And then Dillon was gone for a while. Uh, there were some two-back sets with Jones and Dylan. There's all sorts of mixing and matching. But again, you can't do that unless you have the kind of depth that allows Matt LaFleur's playbook to be wide open. So uh, the distribution of the football early on sort of told the story of the game. The first run was from Aaron Jones. The first reception, Devontae Adams. Okay, got to get your stars involved. The very second run of the game was A.J. Dillon. The second reception by a Packers receiver was Marquez Valdez-Scantling. 
The third reception was EQ. So getting other players involved early, forcing the Rams' defense to say, all right, well, yeah, they got more than just Aaron Jones and Devontae. Let's make sure we keep our head up and figure out how to cover these guys. But, you know, very few contested balls. Uh, Aaron got a little lucky, I thought, toward the end of the first half. Luckily, the Packers got a field goal out of it. Uh, but there were a couple of balls he threw into the end zone. One for sure should have been picked off. Uh, and the other one, you know, sort of a, a, a rock fight, hand fight, if you will, between the receiver and the defensive back. Uh, but the Packers dodged a bullet there. Ultimately, the Mason Crosby field goal uh, sent us in with a 19-10 lead at the half. But uh, but very few passes were contested today. That's the sign the offense was in a groove. And it really was, scoring on all but two of their possessions. Jim and West Bend joining us next. Welcome, Jim. Hey, thank you. Um one of the neatest plays I, was, I saw this uh, at the game was when the Rams were, ran that hook and ladder on that two-point conversion. Uh, I haven't really seen the Packers play, you know, any kind of trick plays this year, anything out of the ordinary like that. I mean, just kind of curious what your thought is on that, why they don't do something like that. A lot of plays, Bill Belichick, a lot of teams do it. Packers just don't seem to. Also, do you also think there'll be a lot more fans in the stands next year? I'm watching the I'm watching the Bills game right now, and they look like they've got fans in there you know i'm just wondering if they're going to add you know let let more 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 fans in maybe twenty thousand next next week yeah i have no idea on that jim i I really have no idea that'll play itself out i think throughout the week Uh, you know so long as the protocols and procedures and everything whatever smoothly today um like to think that there will be fans in the stands but how many i really had uh don't have a an opportunity to comment on that because i have no idea uh i have no idea uh I thought it was a pretty cool play, the two-point conversion, admittedly. Why don't the Packers do that? I don't think it's because Matt LaFleur doesn't have it in his arsenal. They haven't really needed it. Uh, They did go for two earlier in the game, but, you know, they're moving the ball well enough to the point where they didn't have to go too deep into the bag of tricks. Uh, And if you don't have to put that stuff out there, no need to. There might be a time in uh, the next game or the following where it makes a lot of sense to pull a play like that out, but... You know, Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur come from a very similar background, similar philosophies. Uh, You saw some of the plays the Rams ran today with Robert Woods sort of lined up on the right. And then as the ball is snapped, sneaking behind the line of scrimmage and out into the left flat for an open pass, it looks very familiar to a play Matt LaFleur has run all season long with his tight ends and receivers. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, you got some trick plays in Matt LaFleur's bag. And candidly, the Packers really haven't had to go to that well. Uh, this year, averaging over 31 points per game. So the Packers hit their average today, in fact, a little bit more than their average against the Rams' top-rated defense. And Green Bay, throughout the regular season, allowed 19.5 points per game at Lambeau. The Rams put up 18 in today's loss. Impressive performance by the Packers, uh, really on all sides, offense and defense. Special teams was not a great performance, uh, did not bite the Packers today, but you look for an improved performance next week in the NFC Championship game. One more segment to go on the program. A couple more phone calls as well. If you're on, stay with us. We'll go a little rapid fire through the calls we have coming up in our final segment. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. A 39-yard field goal attempt off the right hash mark. Four seconds ago in the half. Snap and placement. Swing to the right leg, end over end kick to the uprights. It is good! And the Packers finish the half 
with a field goal to take a nine-point lead to intermission. 19-10 to 10 over the Rams. Packers moving into field goal position. Uh, 25, let's see, 29 seconds on the clock when the Packers started that drive at their own 25-yard line. 21-yard pass to Devontae Adams, then a timeout, and a 33-yard pass to Robert Tunyon. Uh, let's see, it was incomplete on first down from the 21, incomplete on second and 10 from the 21. Both of those passes, dangerous throws from Aaron Rodgers. But nonetheless, Mason Crosby able to kick a field goal from 39 yards out to give the Packers a 19-10 to lead. They would go on to win by a score of 32-18. to A reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,500 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay during the postseason. So far, a 2020 season total donation of $16,000. Throwing a couple field goals today, we've got it up to $19,000. $19,000. A donation will be made to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. Sartori Cheese continues its support throughout the postseason by donating $1,500 per field goal. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us on the program. We've got Larry in California joining us on Packers OT. Hi, Larry. Hi, uh, Greg. I've talked to you a number of times. I got to tell you, you know, you're a very soothing person when you're on the phone with people, and I really like that. Uh, you're you're one of the, my favorites over there in uh, Wisconsin to speak to about the Packers. So I just want to let you know that to begin with. Yeah, I appreciate that, Larry. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, tonight I watched the game. It was tremendous. Uh, I think uh, Jamal Williams. You know, he is such a bruiser. I call him the bruiser because he's the one that comes in and finishes off the yards that the Packers need to get, uh, you know, a new set of downs. And I thought t- tonight he did an excellent job. I mean, I know Aaron Jones ran that one for 60-plus yards, I think it was. But when it comes to to getting the hard the hard yards that you need to, to keep a drive going, you got to go with Jamal Williams. And he is so, so valuable to the Packers. they gotta, they got to find a way to keep him for next season, no matter what happens here in the next two games but uh i feel that uh, the packers are on a roll i think it's destiny destiny that they're going to make it to the super bowl i really do i think this is the year you know with all the stuff that's gone on with cova and everything like that and you know having fans in there today and then hopefully next week maybe they up it to twenty thousand. you know i mean this is what this is what Packer Nation needs, and I really feel very lucky to uh, be part of it out here in California. So, hey, no. Hey, Larry, where in California are you? Right by the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Okay, so uh, you're in Rams country, right? People know the Rams play football right, out there, correct. right? Okay. Yeah, the Rams play down by Inglewood by the airport. Yeah, they play in that new SoFi Stadium, which I don't, I haven't been able to go because. You know, I'm not a Ram fan, you know, but next year the Rams are coming to Green Bay. I, I don't know if you saw the schedule, but they will be back out in Green Bay next next year. Yeah, I, yeah. so the, yeah, the, the opponents are already uh, out there, so we'll see what the schedule looks like. I'm just wondering what your week was like leading up to the game, if there was, you know, a lot of confidence from Rams fans coming into Green Bay to beat the Packers. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was wearing my Green Bay gear today, and uh, a lot of people were giving me, you know, saying, oh, yesterday I was at Costco out here, and they, I was wearing my Green Bay hat and Green Bay shirt, and they all said, oh, the Rams are going to win. The Rams. I said, you know what? You can talk like that. You're not a player. You don't play between the lines. You can have a rooting interest because that's just the way it is with fans. They have a rooting interest, but you don't play the game. So a lot of them were thinking that the Packers were going to, you know, lose, and I said, no, not this year. This is their year because they got the home field, you know, and so – 
You know, I wasn't really worried at all about today's game, even though it looked like it was going to get a little tighter, you know, within, you know, nine points, I think it was, or something like that. But I wasn't worried. But, yeah, fans do get pretty uh, pretty hostile, you know, when they, you know, stand for their team. They don't want to see their team get talked about like they're not going to win a game, you know, or something like that in an in a environment like Green Bay. But, you know, it's just all in jest, you know, so I, I felt real good about it, and I feel uh, real lucky to, to be part of Packer Nation, and I expect the Packers to roll next week and then go into the Super Bowl and win that for Aaron, you well, know, and then you'll be, you well, know, I, I, you'll I, be my, the quarterback, well, well, go ahead. I was going to say, Larry, and i got to let you go. i got a few more calls I want to get to, but uh, I would love to do okay. two more shows, and we could talk next week and then following uh, that game in early February. Does that sound like a plan? That sounds like a plan, Greg. It really does. Appreciate it, Larry. You have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Let's uh, grab Carrie in McFarland. I appreciate you holding, Carrie. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Terry. <laughs> Hi, Greg. Hi, Terry. Long-time Go ahead. listener. Thank you. Hi. I, you're welcome. I was wondering why they didn't throw Aaron Donald out. It looked like he took a swing to me when he got that personal foul. And also, why have our special teams been so bad for so long? Thank you. <laughs> I, I wish I had a good answer on both of these, Carrie. You know, it, it used to be I would I would cut the return unit groups a, a little slack because it always felt like it was just a a constant rotation of players and and not necessarily starters, uh, but more the depth players, some of the undrafted rookie free agents that are thrown into and make the team because of their special teams prowess, and then you put it all together, and it maybe just doesn't look quite right. I don't have a great answer. I I really don't. It's been a struggle for the Packers' special teams, and by and large, the kicking game is fine. Mason had an outstanding season. Today was the first bad snap I've seen on an extra point attempt in in the last several years. I might be missing one or two, but uh, none come to mind. Today's was not pretty, and it got the kicker hurt, which is not good. Uh, J.K. Scott's been fine. Had one punt that was down inside the 10-yard line today. Uh, Hasn't been used terribly often. You like that. Aaron Rodgers had more touchdown passes during the regular season than J.K. Scott had punts. So uh, how much do you really need out of your punter? But I don't know. Return units have really struggled. There was a time last year where... The Packers were averaging negative yardage on their punt returns, and it got better with Tyler Irvin, but it's still a problem. And and teams will dare the Packers to return the ball. You see a lot of kickoffs landing around the one-two yard line, and the Packers struggling to get to the twenty twenty-five. So uh, it remains an issue. My only hope is that it just doesn't cost them points or something more significant in these next one, maybe two opportunities. Uh, given the way the offense has played this year, given how the defense has really stepped up over the last several weeks and become a much more consistent unit, you'd hate for a loss to be hung on special teams. That's happened before. At least a component of special teams happened in 2014 in Seattle. Special teams was a problem that day. There were other breakdowns, but we all remember what happened on special teams. So, I don't have a great answer for you. I hope Mason is okay and he's able to kick. He was able to gut through it today. Uh, my guess is that he will be able to kick next week, uh, but we'll see what the Packers do throughout the practice week with regard to the kicking situation. Some of the numbers from tonight's game. Packers with 484 yards of offense, 
Pretty impressive performance, 296 through the air, 188 on the ground. They averaged 5.2 yards a carry. Aaron Jones over 7 yards per carry. Jamal Williams uh, close to 5 yards per carry. So impressive performance on the ground and nothing really fancy. A lot of it in between the tackles. Just a dominant performance, I felt, in the trenches with the Packers' offensive line leading the charge. Third down efficiency, pretty impressive here. 8 of 12 were the Packers just 2 of 8 for the Los Angeles Rams. Penalties, a pretty clean game for both teams. Three penalties for 35 yards, but one personal foul for the Rams that prevented a third and seven and paved the way for the Packers to score a touchdown. That penalty was on Aaron Donald. Three penalties for 22 yards for the Packers. We will do it again next week, Sunday, following the NFC Championship game, hopefully talking about another Packers win. Thank you for being a part of our program each and every week. Thanks to our producer, Greg Hill, for anchoring the program tonight, Astrid Rotman as well. We'll be back next week on the Packers Radio Network.